You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with DC Lucchese and also Tim Miner from the Charlotte is Creative Podcast. He is the co-founder of Charlotte is Creative, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. And if you want to you know, talk about Charlotte, you know, it's a place that's known for banking, for Bojangles, which is delicious, but also is a, a great place for young people to, to get great jobs, have fun, maybe settle down, stay for a while. You know, part of that vibe that attracts young folks, though, is, is how cool and creative creative this city can be. And our next guest on the Brand Butters podcast is doing his best to make uh, it that way. We're so excited to hear what, you know, Creative Mornings is doing. And they really just launched a new nonprofit uh, that I mentioned that's just called Charlotte is Creative. And we're so excited to hear a little bit more about that. So Tim, to kick things off, tell us what Creative Mornings are uh, and tell us a little bit more about your new uh, nonprofit. Okay, great. Well, thanks for having me. Um, Creative Mornings is uh, an incredible organization of 190 chapters uh, around the world of people that believe uh, in, a, in a very simple but powerful um, mantra. Uh, and it starts with the line, everyone is creative, and it ends with everyone is welcome. Uh, and each chapter is given a lot of freedom to interpret those words as they wish. Uh, what we do is that is one Friday morning of every month, we host a free gathering where we cultivate a speaker each chapter on the same word. So this month, uh, the word was chaos. So there are 190 chapters from Charlotte, North Carolina to Tehran to uh, Helsinki, Singapore, all over the United States, finding a local, locally sourced speaker who has something that they feel is... Uh, relevant to talk about with chaos. And in some chapters, uh, they weight that towards um, creative professions. So uh, a lot of times it's very design heavy or UX heavy, depending on the culture of the, of the community. With Charlotte, um, we felt like Charlotte was a town in need of really exploring what does creativity mean? Um, in a lot of cases, Matt and I, and Matt Olin is, is the co-leader of Creative Mornings, the host, actually, and uh, he's the co-founder with me of Charlotte is Creative. Um, since we we went to high school at Charlotte Catholic High School, so we've been knocking around the Queen City for a while. Uh, we went to college together at UNC Chapel Hill, and while we were there, we, we were both involved in um, a number of, of the humanities with an emphasis on theater, and we uh, we're folks that tried to have, we wanted to have a foot in both worlds. Like we were interested in business and in, in, in careers and kind of the applications of creativity while at the same time, you know, having fun with it. And we saw often that people have a very, they see a, a, an unnecessary dichotomy with creativity. Um, they see it as artistry. So when you look at art, oftentimes the idea is, you think of, of Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel or Pablo Picasso, or um, Bob Fosse, or, you know, in Charlotte's case, like a Romare Bearden, you know, somebody who is a genius. Um, and you think to yourself, uh, okay, that's not me. So when you tangle up being an artist with having the ability to create, innovate, see around corners, um, a lot of times people will put themselves in one camp or another and say, I'm creative, or I'm not creative. And in a town, you noted it earlier, that, that fancies itself a business town, a banking town, a serious town, um, people will, will opt out of creativity often. 
Um, so we saw it getting the Charlotte or the Creative Mornings chapter as a great opportunity to remind uh, the vast majority of Charlotteans, look, you've got if, – if you have a job that doesn't allow you the opportunity to be terribly creative, that doesn't mean you're not creative. That doesn't mean that you don't have um, – uh, that you can't bring something to the table. You can't bring a perspective or a way to do your job in a way that others can't. And when you go home, that doesn't mean that you that you have to keep being a banker. You can pursue different things that you're interested in, um, and 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 tap into that creativity. Uh, one of the I think this also taps into um, a long debate that Matt and I have had about uh, American society and the notion of junior varsity versus varsity, right? Uh, everybody, let's take, for example, you know, thousands and thousands of kids play soccer and have a great time when they're growing up. And then you get to high school or you get to travel soccer. And if you can't make the team, the it, it's kind of seen as an A-B choice, right? You either, if you made the team and you're on the travel soccer team or you made varsity soccer, you keep playing, you know, until you then you don't make the college team and then you stop. If you love if you love a thing, keep doing it. Whether you're recognized for it or whether you you're recognized that you're in the upper echelon, there are a lot of people like I like to to draw. I'll never be a professional illustrator or I don't think I have the ability to be a professional illustrator, but that doesn't take away my enjoyment of drawing. I shouldn't stop. But many people just they stop when they get to a point and that and creativity and and being uh, empowered and excited by the gifts that you have is seen as something that you need to just kind of put aside if you can't get paid for it. And we're trying to remind Charlotte that not only is that good for you, but people engaging in that behavior um, and and tapping into or, or calling back to um, the gifts that they have or the even the interests they have. Just you don't have to be a great, you don't have to be great at illustration to illustrate as long as you get enjoyment out of it. So we're trying to get people back into that and then explain to them that people doing that and collaborating to do things like that brings a society together. And that's the second part with everyone is creative. I think we can all recognize that Charlotte is a place that many people are very fortunate. People are happy. We have you know a pretty good life here. But we also self-segment quite a bit. Uh, we don't get messy as much as we should. We don't intermingle as much as we can. Um, and there are sections of the population that don't feel welcome. Uh, and Matt and I see, and I think the people that attend Creative Mornings see, and uh, that creativity and creative expression is a place that we can put some of that crud aside and and come together. Uh, and so that's that's been fun. The chapter, we, we got it about three years ago. Uh, we didn't know if anybody was going to come, uh, but we knew we, we were going to have fun. Uh, the first meeting, I think we drew something like uh, 200 people, which was a, sh a shock, uh, quite honestly, at uh, Laka Projects. Jen Band of Playing for Others was our first speaker. Um, and l this month, we had 550 people show up at the Fillmore to hear Chris Elmore uh, of Abbott Exchange talk on the, uh, about chaos. So it's, it's been rewarding. Um, and I, sorry, DC. No, I was going to say, I was honestly surprised I didn't get that call to talk about chaos. I do have three children, so uh, <laughs> I, consider, I consider myself somewhat I, of an expert. I, I, so, yeah, so. I, I think we wanted to give you a break from chaos. No, okay. No, Maybe no, we'll, no. we'll take it when, when <laughs> tranquility comes up as a, t as a conversation topic. We'll have you come in and give an ironic take. Right. I would be the yin to that yang. For yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> uh, we do, and that, that taps into, we, we tend to try to take a... An, a different approach to uh, not an on the nose approach to a topic. Uh, 
So you mentioned, um, you know, everyone is creative and everyone is welcome. And that's very powerful. And I think, um, you know, I come from a very unique background where, you know, I I came through the internet stage where you didn't have it and then you had it. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, you kind of, you had to go to college and had to kind of button up and had to get your job. And that was like, you had to do the progression. Yeah. The template. (laughs) Right. So, um, but I always had a creative side behind me, but I always felt like I was reserved where I had to literally keep that on the inside because I had to go get the, the, the nine to five or the eight to five. And I had to go get the benefits and, and maybe I didn't take some risk when I was younger to really express that creativeness around that. So it's powerful what you're doing. I think it's a really cool tool to bring people together. But what I want to ask you on is where do you think we are from a city in, in relation to creativity on a scale of one to 10, are we doing a good job? Can we do better? And really, do you think this is an opportunity for people that might not be mingling in other areas to say, well, Hey, I used to love painting or, Hey, I used to love whatever it is, right? Get back in it, do it. You might meet somebody that looks completely different than you. That could be one of your best friends. So, uh, the answer on, on creativity, I hate to, I hate to rank it, but, um, I think, uh, they were probably at a five or a six on creativity right now. Um, when we started the chapter, we um, the very first uh, it might have been the second meeting we had. We decided to use the hashtag Charlotte is Creative. Never intended to to do anything but be a statement that we felt was true on one end and aspirational on the other. Um, we wanted to change the conversation about Charlotte because often the words that we use to describe ourselves define you know they end up becoming reality. Um, an example of that, I, gosh, I didn't intend to talk about soccer this much, but I, I, <laughs> I coached soccer for many years and I had a kid who was on my team and, and, um, he was not very good at soccer and the assistant coach and I looked at each other and said, what are we going to do with this guy? He was, he was seven. So, I mean, we're, everybody's really with degrees yeah. of terribleness <laughs> right. at yeah. seven, yeah. but, but, but compared <laughs> right. to other seven-year-olds, yeah. not good, yeah. very inert. Yeah. And uh. so we said to him, all right we just started saying to him, you're Mr. Defense. You are the wall. Nothing gets through you. You are amazing. This team would be nothing if it weren't for you on defense. And little by little, he started to believe it because we said it over and over again. And I coached him until he was 12. And by the time he was 12, absolutely no forward got through this kid. No one could score when he was on defense because he became what what he believed he could be. And so with Charlotte is creative, you know, there are hotbeds of creativity all over. Um, I do think that Matt and I and Creative Mornings often gets undue credit for, you know, people say, look what you created. Matt and I really created nothing. There was, um, there were incredible artists doing work. There were musicians, painters, dancers, um, uh, people developing apps, sound studios, podcasters, um, applying their creativity and doing truly amazing, inspiring work all over Charlotte, they weren't getting credit for it. And there wasn't a place to, uh, that was actively gathering it uh, in a way that was visible to more people. I think there were little, there were pods of, of creativity all over, but they weren't interacting as much. And um, the average Charlottean wasn't necessarily paying attention to it. So with Creative Warriors, we kind of created a, a, built a container where those folks gather. And then by exposing people that might be um, not yet convinced that Charlotte is creative to peop- the people around them that they didn't know were there, they start to see what's possible. And so we're trying to change the, t- the conversation that when someone says, hey, uh, what's Charlotte all about? The, I love Bojangles just like the next person. <laughs> no. okay? I, 
I have I'm carrying around a lot of Bojangles weight that started in high school, uh, and, and but uh, so I love it. But I don't want that banking and Bojangles to be the first thing that come out of people's mouths. Um, our goal is that in in five years, ten years, when someone says, "Tell me about Charlotte," they say. Oh, Charlotte is an amazing creative town. And that creativity extends from art to how we tackle problems as a society. So we're trying to make it, it there is truth to it. We're not starting at mm-hmm. zero, right? Um, five and six, but, but but I think we have the capacity to be, you know, to take, to turn it up to 11. And that's my follow-up question to your five or six. As a glass half full kind of guy, where is the low-hanging fruit to eclipse five and six and move it toward that 11? Uh I, th- I think we're that, not necessarily low hanging fruit even, but where is opportunity? I mean, the opportunity is is everywhere. But one thing that Matt and I are very concerned about is um, there there are people that are struggling really hard to make a living with at at, mm-hmm. at a creative pursuit right. right now, and feeling underappreciated and under uh, underknown and mm-hmm. and undersupported. In Charlotte, so I think there are a couple of things that ultimately we want to get into, and we're starting to d- dip our toes in. One is there has to be a real recognition of the power of creativity and what it does not only for business, because mm-hmm. we are a business town and, and money speaks, uh, but also what it does for quality of life. And if you want creativity, you want creative people, you want artistic people, we have to recognize that those folks a have to get paid, uh, because the idea of a starving artist being noble is great, but the artist is still starving. Uh, And if you ever want to talk to somebody about that, I mean, Davida Galloway has, she can talk for hours on the fact that, you know, for, for art to survive, artists must survive. For creativity to survive, creatives have to survive. Um, So we're working on kind of both sides of this. One is that we need to get to um, the folks that make decisions, everything from zoning to funding to say, you know, it's, it's great when when creative people move into an area of the city that it let's look at Noda, for example. Those rents once upon a time were cheap. You know, they made mm-hmm. that area cool. Right. Developers came in. That's not a bad thing. It's the way of things, right? And then now they a lot of times creatives get priced out. Um, you can't stop development, but you can flavor it, you can do it with an eye towards how do we how do we preserve the ability for someone who's starting up to you know to be able to get going, have space, build an audience, build a brand, build market share, and move forward, right? Um, on the second side of that, Matt and I, because I said we have a foot in creativity and a foot in business, we also see that that the average creative person, uh, there's this notion that business is bad or icky or it's something that they don't want to think about. You know, they just want to create all day long. Um, and so with some of our programming, uh, we're trying to. Uh, we're on the on the precipice. I was just speaking to somebody about it yesterday, of starting coursework that's free for creatives to come in and learn how to read a contract, how to write a contract, how to read it, how to how to look at a lease document, uh, how to spot good real estate, how to market yourself on the internet, how to build a brand, how to invoice. We have a friend who uh, that we know of that um, really was struggling, and then ended up getting a job. But we heard on the sly that that person um, was still struggling because she would, wouldn't would remember to invoice the people that she was working for. So she was doing this amazing creative work, complaining about not being able to you know, pay the bills, but had thousands of dollars of un, uninvoiced work because her mind doesn't go that way. 
And so we want to bridge the gap on, on teaching the business community, okay, this is what creatives need, and go to creatives and say, this is what business people need to speak the same language as you, respect what you do, so that you don't have to suffer to create. Now, is that um, part of the nonprofit? That will be part of, yeah, that's part of our, mm -hmm. our HUG grant program that we started about right. a year ago. And HUG stands for Helpful Unfettered Gift. So to your point, mm -hmm. what's some of the things we can do? Uh, there are many ideas out there that are either undercapitalized or there is somebody who is in need of, of acknowledgement and validation. So um, we, we were looking at, at the grant culture uh, across the United States. This is not a Charlotte thing. Um, that there is an art to getting a grant. There are words you have to use. There, you know, it helps if you have a liberal arts background, and and an, and a, a, and know how to speak in business terms in order to get a grant. Uh, not everybody has mm -hmm. that. Some people with amazing ideas don't think that way. So we created what we could do. We don't have an endless means, but thanks to our sponsors, and I'll, I'm going to actually call them out because they were amazing. Ortho Carolina, Four Eyes Productions, T. Reed and Company, and uh, Savvy and Company came forward and said, okay, we, we believe in what you're doing. So we every month at Creative Mornings, we give out between three and four uh, hug grants. So it's Helpful Unfettered Gift. It's a $250 micro grant given to a, um, a creative pursuit. It could be profit or for-profit, a for-profit or not-for-profit. So one case is the Charlotte Folk Society been around for oh, yeah, years absolutely. and years yeah, in Charlotte yeah, yeah. is a is a wonderful asset to our city, but they needed money to to print brochures because doing that is hard. They can't they can't get the word out about what they do. They can't introduce themselves to the masses that are moving to Charlotte without materials. They didn't have the money. We gave them some money to do it. Um, on the other hand, we've had artists that uh, ended up using the two hundred fifty dollars to buy paint and canvas so that they could create something that then they could market and sell. Um, and it, and it goes that way. And we are adding to that these, these, this coursework, um, that people from the creative community have come forward and said, and even from the business community and said, I believe in what you're doing. How can we help? I'm not a creative person. We'll deal with the, I'm not a creative person. Cause that's like a, putting a target on yourself with Matt and me and our team. Cause we're going to go after that. Right. But we'll deal with that by and by. If someone's a lawyer, um, they can help. They can help a creative person do what they do. And so that's that's one way that we're head, heading there. And we're, what we're finding is the money is great, but a lot of these people just needed someone to go, you're not crazy. Do that thing. We're, Matt calls it nudge money. It's just <laughs> it's just a little it's the money is just enough to say, oh, you can't you can't print flyers. Now you can. No more excuse there. Go go do. And then just saying to somebody, thank you for your submission. Here's we're going to talk about you. We're going to follow you. Um, that says to them, somebody does care. I need to do this thing. And um, I, I will say that for Charlotte's 250th anniversary, our intention is to give out 250 HUG grants. So um, that's over. That's just over $60,000 in grants wow. between December of this year and next. And, see, and then we're going to follow those folks to see what the snowballs that we kick down the hill, like what avalanches do they create? So you, I mean, all of that is super powerful and, and I come from more of the business side, but then right. also we're brand builders, right? So we're on right. the marketing side, the creative side as well. So we intertwine both in our world. But one thing that's been interesting, what we found is working with 
you know, larger corporations in Charlotte, whether it's Duke Energy, whether it's the Bank of America's Wells Fargo, they are now starting to open up their eyes to more of the creative, to more of what their brand represents, to more of how are they in the community? What are they doing besides the bottom line? Yep. Are you seeing that more? Because I come from Atlanta. Um, that's where I grew up. To, to me in Atlanta, I was an ant in a, in a massive hill, right? Like it, right. you just didn't really know where you were a part of and Atlanta's a great city but when I came to Charlotte I've been here eight years I literally felt loved and I felt like I was a part of the city and I'm not moving anywhere this right. is my home but I really feel like there's such a connection from the community to larger corporations like an ortho Carolina right. that right. helps you out do you is that just something that is unique to Charlotte and and where do you think the future is because I think that's where we can intertwine creative right. and bring the business together and literally explode as a city. I mean, I, I see that as a huge opportunity. Uh, so I can't speak, uh, you know, I've been in Charlotte so long that I can't speak to how it's, how it goes in other communities. Right. Um, I do know that from speaking to other creative mornings chapters, we have, some of them struggle mightily with, um, getting sponsorship. Um, and it might be because it's, they don't come from a, of a culture of that. It might be that there are so many organizations that absorb, mm that money that you're fighting tooth and nail for it. Um, they're a little blown away that we have so much support that we give money away through the HUD grant program. Um, but I do think that Charlotte has some standard bearers um, like in Ortho Carolina, like, um, uh, you know, in our case, some of our main sponsors, Providence Day, Huga, for example, um, the, you know, the banks uh, that uh, have gotten deep uh, and, and, and really change the notion of what sponsorship looks like or in their process of doing it. Um, and I believe that's starting to influence others. And and the Josh Jacobson of and uh, Kaylin Haldeman of, of Next Stage, they really have a valuable perspective on this. And uh, oftentimes the notion of supporting nonprofits used to be, we're giving you money and that's just like money that we threw away and it doesn't help us. Mm -hmm. um, Doing good business and doing something good for your brand as a business and doing social good do not need to be and should not be mutually exclusive. So I think more companies are starting to recognize that by building up the communities in which they work and actually um, changing the notion of the content they share with, with their customers or potential customers, that we're going to talk with you about what you want to talk about as opposed to we're going to talk at you about what we want to talk about. Um, that's starting to catch on. So we, I am starting to see a real culture of reciprocity, generosity, and partnership sprout up in Charlotte. Um, and, and that's driven by some very charismatic leaders and um, people that really are, are wanting uh, Charlotte to be a standard bearer in that regard. Uh, I always, you know, Matt and I are so fortunate to be around amazing people uh, through our work. I mean, that's been, for me, I spent 10 years uh, after I had my kids just kind of being very focused on the two-mile radius around my home. And I think a lot of Charlotteans are in the same boat. And once Creative Mornings came around, I really started to open up and meet amazing people. I mean, for I'm DC, you and I didn't know each other uh, not until recently. I was no longer your parole officer. That's yeah. right. Well, once, yeah, once I was past that, all yeah. those, <laughs> once my urine was clean, everything <laughs> was, was good. Um, but uh, but uh, one of the people that I've been fortunate to meet is Corey Smith. And we had a, a meeting where we were talking about Charlotte and what the creative culture looks like in Charlotte. And um, she said uh, that as much as Charlotte frustrates her on some 
levels and it frustrates everybody. Anything that matters to you will eventually frustrate you. Um, she said, in, in, other con- in, in other communities and cities that are more recognized for creativity in the arts, I would just be another goth chick. You know, and she said, but in Charlotte, people actually give a shit about me. They care about me and that enables me to make an impact. They impact me. I impact them. And so we've talked for many years in Charlotte about this big city, small city attitude. And there are aspects of that that are frustrating. You know, there are traditions that you wish you could knock down, you know, but they're hundreds hundreds of years old. But at the same time, there is this notion that it's maybe not a six degree of separation city. It's a two degree of separation city. And you can, if you have a, you can get from idea to reality to notice. If you build a good brand and you build a good product and you do it earnestly, in Charlotte, you can do that more rapidly, I think, than other cities. And and that gets to one of the points that Chris Elmore made in his speech was he says that Charlotte is the bootstrap capital of the United States, that this is the best place to conceive an idea, birth it, and like get it into reality I'm that you it. because yeah. there are not only can you get it done and there's access to capital but there are believers around and so I do think that if we stay this course and we believe and we say the mantra over and over again we will be known for you know banking bojangles uh, but also building creative partnerships and that's exactly what it's all about and and I love that you were talking about building a brand and especially since we're on the brand builders podcast. See how I did that? That was fantastic. <laughs> I, I appreciate that plug. <laughs> I appreciate that plug. <laughs> Well, I, I've learned a lot, and and I think there's a lot of people in Charlotte um, that can really benefit from coming to you know your monthly meetings. Tell us a little bit more of of how they can can show up to those, or how they can find information, and then also where can we find your podcast so so our listeners can listen to uh, to your great stories as well. Absolutely. So um, the the first place to go to is charlotteiscreative.com. Um, today that takes it takes you to the Creative Mornings um, page, and that'll tell you about when the next meetings are. There are videos of each of the 34 events that we've held, 34 consecutive events since November of 2015, um, incredible speakers, uh, and each of the talks is about 20 minutes long, so that's um, that's a great thing. Sign up for our newsletter there. Um, this time next week, uh, or let's say the first week in October, because uh, it d- depends on when someone's listening to the <laughs> podcast, um, that site will, if you go to charlotteiscreative.com, there will be nodes where you can find out about Creative Mornings, about our Queen City quiz show, concept, which we didn't talk about, but um, is a civics-based quiz show that we got a Knight Foundation grant to put together and has continued to go on. Um, The Charlotte is Creative podcast is one where we, following a Creative Mornings Friday, uh, we actually sit down with the speaker and dive a little bit deeper into their history. and, And, you know, 20 minutes is not a lot of time to share some of the concepts and ideas that that they're bringing to the table. So we dive a little deeper there. Uh, and we're starting to add in segments where we talk about talk to other Charlotte creatives. Um, and you'll be able to find out and apply for a HUG grant program. A HUG grant is, there are five questions, only two of them, three of them really matter. Your name uh, and what you're doing and how it's going to benefit Charlotte creatively. Um, it's a pretty simple process. And then we have other a couple of other programs that we're working on now uh, to pull people in. So that's that's the best way to do it. And uh, the tickets for Creative Mornings go live um, the Monday before the, the event at 9 a.m. Um, I, I, they do go quickly. They're free. Uh, but what I'll say is uh, 
we look at the wait list. So if you're someone who has tried multiple times to get in and hasn't gotten a ticket, we actually go in and look at the data and, and we're looking for that because if you want to get there, we'll find a way to get you to get you in the room. That's awesome. I actually was invited by Morgan Conroy with the Bottle Cap Group, and yeah. I 100% need to take her up on that. So I apologize oh, yeah, yeah. for not being I'll there. I'll be looking for there, you now for Definitely. This no, I, I want to come. Um, and this is right down our, our alley, and I'd love to meet a lot of people that, that you associate yourself with. And I appreciate you coming on this podcast. It was a, it was great, and I learned a lot. And, Thanks. Uh, this was fun. And thank you, DC, yeah. for, for joining us as well. I'm, I, this is the least I've ever heard you speak. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I mean, listen. <laughs> it's not about me. It's That's about right. you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Tim. Take care. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com. <laughs>